This episode of Explicit Answers is brought to you by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get just about anything drawn for pretty darn cheap. Check it out today. See what I've done for others and see what I could do for you at DrawYouAPicture.com. Also brought to you in part by GoDaddy.com, where the code PODNAME121 can save you on your next domain name. Check it out today. Thanks. The world needs answers. We can help. Explicit Answers. Hey, welcome back to Explicit Answers, episode four, brought to the week of September 21st, 2010. My name is James. And my name's Jen. And we're here to answer your questions about life. And uh, we're brought to you today. Well, first of all, before I tell you that, how are you doing today, Jen? You doing okay? I'm doing all right. How about you? On a scale of one to 10, how much do you care about the answer I'm about to give you? I I really care like a 10. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I had a pretty good day. I was sleepy as mess, but yeah, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, today we'll be answering your questions. We have a couple of them. Uh, one from a fellow named Joey, another one from someone named Laura. Uh, but if you have a question that you would like answered, you can always send those things to explicitanswers at gmail.com or go to explicitanswers.com. Click on uh, ask a question and uh, it'd be awesome. As far as news goes this morning, um, we're, we're in iTunes now, finally. We're listed in there. So you can search for us in iTunes. Just type in Explicit Answers, and uh, we should be right there in the top featured number one podcast slot. Of course. Of course. Uh, we're brought to you in part by GoToAssist. If, uh, if, you, if you're into technical support and your clients depend on you for fast, reliable service, that's why you need the best remote support solution available. And uh, our recommendation is GoToAssist, brought to you by my friends at Citrix. Not Jen's friends, just my friends. Nope, they don't like me. GoToAssist was ex- uh, recently named market leader in remote support by Frost & Sullivan. And uh, it's the number one remote support solution available worldwide because it's easy, affordable, and secure. And I love this because you do not have to pre-install software on the customer's machine. There are free options out there, but you always have to make sure you know that they do things. And it, the thing is, if they can't fix their own problem and mm-hmm. they're calling you, how are they going to know how to install the stuff you need to be able to control their computer? Uh, you can instantly start supporting them online with no setup required on their end. Uh, check it out today. My listeners can try GoToAssist Express free for 30 days for this special offer. Visit GoToAssist.com slash tech podcast. Again, my listeners, GoToAssist Express free 30 days for this special offer. GoToAssist.com slash tech tech podcast. Thank you so much, Citrix, for making this show possible. And uh, thank you, GoDaddy, and thank you, DrawYourPicture.com. You're welcome. And thank you, Jen. Uh, Jen as well. If we have to thank you, I guess. We do. Okay. All right. Well, let's get right into it. This is uh, from Joey. Dear James and Jen, I love your podcast network, and I think you two are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, sorry, ingenious. (laughs) I thought it was odd that he thought we were both attractive. Uh, I was just wondering... How to recover from computer addiction. Whenever I have free time at all, I use it to get on the computer. Last night, I was pushing midnight watching anime online. I know this is unhealthy, and I was wondering what you two think I should do to balance my time on the fantasy machine and my time in reality. All the best, Joey. Mm. Here's my theory. We'll start with this. Um, I don't know that people are so much addicted to the computer 
as they are the fact that there's so much out there to I think they're they're they could be addicted to what they're getting through the computer. And I know that sounds like semantics. Like you could say, I'm not addicted to TV. I'm addicted to television shows, you know, but the act of sitting down and looking at a television screen is not an addictive behavior the way cigarettes are. There's no chemicals in the computer Mm -hmm. (laughs) that cause you to be addicted. What it is, it's a, in my opinion, folks that, that find too much time, uh, or uh, folks that sit down on the computer, erase everything I said because okay. I'm about to yell at Joey. Joey, you need to find something productive to do with your time. That's that's it's a it's an issue. You're not addicted. You're not spending your time wisely, and you're doing self centered things instead of doing things that you should do for other people. Um, you are headed toward low self esteem. You're headed toward weight gain. You're headed toward a life of laziness if you continue to spend every waking moment on that computer. Okay, if you're super serious about getting ri- uh, getting rid of your addiction, the answer is simple: get rid of your computer. But I don't hear you asking for an ex- uh, uh, an extreme solution. You're looking for balance. Balance comes when you literally do as much on one side as you do on the other. Okay, the balance in the Jedi force came when they killed all the Jedis and there became just as many good Jedis as bad Jedis. Right. And that that's a sick uh, analogy. (laughs) I didn't know that's how the balance. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember Yoda says, uh, perhaps we miss. uh, um, Misjudge. No, not misjudge. Misinterpreted the uh, the prophecy. They always thought it was going to be awesome, but it turned out the balance came. That the the jet the good Jedi's got reduced in size to be mm. the same right in there That's with the, the bad, bad yeah uh huh never caught that sorry so anyway balance being that if you're doing a lot on one side bad or negative then the way to fix that is by doing stuff good on the other side now that doesn't apply to everything so that's not a universal idea but when it comes to your spare time um, then absolutely does. Uh, I just did a podcast last night with my daughter, and we talked about video games. And I, the, the podcast kid at podcastkid.com is a show for little kids. And what I told those little kids is playing video games is fine. Watching anime is fine. Hanging out on the internet, chatting with friends, Facebook and Frontierville, all that stuff is fine. But it's only fine when you really have time to do it. And you have time to do it after everything else is done. That's what I was going to put in is that – you know, I mean, my big thing, I, I sit and watch TV. That's that's probably what I do more mm-hmm. than anything. I, I don't have the attention span on the Internet. But, I mean, I'm sitting there watching TV. I mean, watching two hours of TV is no different than watching exactly something on the computer that's or playing was... a video game. I mean, it's chill time, and it's just you're not really getting anything out of that. But well, it's, it's entertainment. You, right, you And enjoy. it's fine. That's why I said mm-hmm. there, he's not addicted to the computer because you take the computer away – and he's going to throw his life into video games or he's going to throw his life into television. Or if he has none of that, he'll, he'll, you know, find something else to do. Plus like our TV is basically a computer now. Yeah, that's true. And everybody's is. (laughs) So it's not, it's a character flaw and it's something everybody struggles with is finding balance in their life. Me, I'll be honest, my balance that I'm struggling with right now is I love podcasting 
and I think I've achieved this balance, but, but a couple of months ago, I, I could tell you in my journal, I'm sitting there going, I like podcasting more than I like anything else in my life right now. And I know that's wrong. And so something that's not wrong became wrong because I was devoting too much energy and time to it. Now, why did it become out of balance? It's because real life is not very rewarding sometimes. Right. And so we go and we find things that fill that void, make us feel good. I was just watching on Netflix a show called Hoarders. Why do people fill their house with crap? It looks nasty to us, but to them, they do it because somehow or another, it makes them feel secure. It fills their void, and they can't afford internet, apparently, because that's... <laughs> it would be a lot cleaner. <laughs> what I told Jen is I found out everybody has these... these. Everyone has a... Not an addiction, a um, not a compulsion. What's the word? Uh, 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 everybody has an obsession. Yeah. But most of us have a way that is healthy, an obsession that is healthy. Saving money, you know, and 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 uh, cutting coupons can be a way, an obsession, so to speak. Uh, now, if you go extreme, that's when you start seeing the guys that are splitting their toilet paper in half, you know, and saving part of it. We've seen mm-hmm. those people in Oprah in the in the nineties. But everybody has something like that. It's just about using it wisely. If you have spare time and you find yourself doing egocentric stuff and the biggest thing is you're feeling guilty about it, then you have a problem. How do you deal with it? Go and find something else to do. Make yourself go and give your time. Find somebody that needs their lawn mowed. Um, what do you – What do you, in my world, my addiction was World of Warcraft. Can we agree on that, Jen? Yes. I spent a year with my nose – three inches from its screen every spare minute of my life. Did I not? Yes, you did. Just about. And um, that game robbed me. Okay. Is the game's fault? I don't blame the game a bit. The game is amazing. It is awesome. But there came a time when I realized, wait a minute, I am spending money and spending time and I'm literally getting nothing out of it. I wish I could find a hobby that paid me um, built something real instead of virtual and fake and uh, didn't eat up every spare minute of my time, but it was just as rewarding. And for me, that became podcasting. And so I- anytime I get tempted to play an MMORPG or any kind of game, like like even video games, Jen will tell you, I've got a PS3 I haven't turned on since we moved in this house. Mm-hmm. I, matter of fact, I don't think I've turned it on in three or four months. I've got an Xbox that I play very, very irregularly. Yeah. I hardly even sit and watch movies or anything um, because I've decided that instead of wasting my time, I want to invest it. And even more lately, it's become, uh, do I want to sit around and play Frontierville? That's lately been my uh, thing, uh, even though Jen will tell you I don't, I don't play it addictively, but I, I play it casually. Yeah. But even then I'm going, okay, is there a better way for me to spend this time? Is there a way I could invest this to make something real, something for practical and again dude joey there is nothing wrong with watching a show okay as long as it doesn't want to make you eh, as long as it doesn't make you want to think say or do something bad then it's okay for you to do but you just don't want to do too much anything in excess is not good too much oxygen will make you go into convulsions did you know that Mm -hmm. and too much water will drown you even though we need air and water right um so anything in excess my thing again Find yourself uh, a charity. If you go to church, throw yourself into a ministry or a small group. Uh, go play sports. Um, there's, there's, you know, if you're not a sports person, 
what is your talent and skill guitar lessons, you know, uh, uh, whatever. And, and if you, if you just love being at the computer, I'm one of the people, I just love what's on the computer. And so that's what I do with my spare time. Find something productive to do, turn it into a positive. You know, I do artwork for folks. Mm -hmm. Um, I make podcasts that, that bless people and help people. And, and I've even included my wife. She wouldn't say it bonds us together, but I do. Oh, it definitely bonds. Oh, it definitely does. I feel baby. the bond. Oh, yeah. The sweet love that we have together. Um, but anyways, do you have anything <laughs> you want to say to Joey? Um, I could just say from if if he is married, which he didn't mention, did he? I doubt he is. Oh, okay. Then it wouldn't even matter. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. He's going to struggle with it when he is married. If you are married, I mean... The biggest thing is, you know, talk to your spouse about this and, and find out, you know, I, I know like with you, you're not like naturally inclined to want to just do housework and, and clean and all that kind of stuff. But one thing you do every single night is put the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like if you can find a couple of, couple of things to take on from your wife, you know, that's huge. And I don't mind when you're spending a little bit of time here and there on the computer when you've helped me out. And when you know that I'm going to be doing more later on in the evening too. Right. Um, The problems come in folks when, when your wife or a significant other sees you waste, you know, spending your time and they know that's where they're going to see you, you know, till three or four in the morning, every single night of of their life. And they can't handle that. Um, So, what I one of the things I've done in the past is is found ways to help my wife, and I ask her, and I, I tell her to make up a bullet list. Why do I? Why can't? Why is this so passionate to me? I have the I have the propensity to become addicted to just about anything, mm-hmm. and so I have chosen to use my addictive nature for good instead of evil. So I'm I'm kind of an expert on this, but you have to find other ways to feed that part of your brain that needs to feel good about life. And there are productive ways to do that that are that don't feel good while you're doing it necessarily, but they definitely feel good after you're done. Mowing the lawn, not fun. I no. hate it. But after I'm done, oh, it feels great. But everything self-centered is exactly the opposite. You feel great when you're watching the show. Feel bad later. You feel terrible. <laughs> when you've wasted when, three hours. <laughs> when you didn't sleep the night before. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta buckle down. Turn off that thing. Go find what else can I be doing that is more productive than this to the point that you hate what you're doing because you're nagging yourself to death. That's that's the only solution right there. So there's your explicit answer, Joe. Uh, Laura says this. Uh, it's a long one, so buckle down. I'm nearly 25, and I'm six years into a relationship that is a long-distance one right now. We're about eight hours away from each other. In the last few months, I've realized that although I love my boyfriend, again, of six years, I need to end this relationship. I used to know Christ years ago and fell away from him. My boyfriend's always been an atheist, and this has always actively discouraged me, or he has always actively discouraged me in seeking out faith of any sort. And I am ashamed to say I never fought hard to keep the faith that used to mean something to me. In the past few months, I come to, I've come to terms with my stubborn headedness. I've asked God's forgiveness. And I've been heading back toward faith in Christ, trying to pursue a relationship with God. At the same time, I've also discovered that although I want that I want to at least think about getting married and settling down, my boyfriend has no interest in even getting engaged yet. He wants me to move to his city, move in with him, and without asking me to marry him, he claims he'll get a ring later. And that's in quotes. 
That's a no-can-do for me these days. Long story short, I've come to admit to myself that we have less and less in common than we used to. When it comes to the big important things like marriage, faith, etc., I used to hold his secular views. I no longer do. I feel trapped. I feel like I need to end this relationship. I understand that no matter how I do it, it'll hurt the both of us because we love each other. On the other hand, I'll, it'll hurt us both more if we drag it out any longer. Amen. And I'm afraid of killing my faith if I stay because my interest in coming back to Christ is such a new thing. My boyfriend's not even aware of it yet and will certainly protest when he hears about it. I just don't want any of my faith to become a stumbling block for my boyfriend, as in, I'll never believe that stuff. Look what it did to her. It ripped us apart. I'm also realizing, by the way, that I'm not a good Christian wife material right now anyway for anyone. I need to work on developing who I am in God and not what I can do for a guy. My priorities have been shifted, and it's thrown me off kilter. How do I go about ending this with the least amount of drama, just suck it up and do it, kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off fast? Thanks for your new show. I love it and the others. I'm kind of upset right now, so... If you do have any guidance, I'd appreciate it. Sorry for being long-winded. Laura. Laura, best uh, question ever, by the way. And hats off to you for um, for your willingness to do the hard thing. You know, it's not easy. Well, it definitely sounds like she's got a lot of things down. She's woke up. Something woke up mm-hmm. in her. And um, it always stinks. I mean, I'll be honest. When you have to choose between the things that you can touch, taste, and smell versus the things that are faith-based. Um, God and I love each other very much, um, but I will gentle tell you, me and him don't always get along. <laughs> because the things God asks us to do oftentimes are very, very difficult and very hard. Matter of fact, when I'm preaching to my kids, I'm a children's pastor, I tell them, if you have a choice between two things and you don't know which one's right, go with the hardest thing to do, because typically it's the That's right thing. the right thing, yeah. The most selfless thing, the, the hardest thing, the thing that chafes you and goes against your very nature, the thing that you could not do without God's help, that is typically the right thing. And though I hate like Hades for you that you've got to break up with this guy, I couldn't agree with you more. And not because he's evil and you're good, not because of any of that kind of stuff. It's just simply that you guys do not see eye to eye. I would say the same thing if he was a hardcore meat eater and you were a vegan, Okay. Well, and another thing, you know, obviously they've been together that long, yet they've allowed their lives to take different places. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've drifted. Yeah, they're they're eight hours apart, so obviously their relationship is not a number one priority for either one. Their their worldviews don't match. Their religious views don't match. Their location doesn't match. Mm -hmm. What they want from a relationship doesn't match. He's not interested in marriage. He's not interested. After eight years, that's huge. By that age, by the time you're twenty five, and it's been that long, yeah. yeah. It's it, it, despite the religion, honestly. Yeah, even if religion wasn't an issue, it would be time to let it go. Amen. Because you're just wasting your time when you you could be out looking for someone else. I mean, but let me let me balance that by saying, um, aren't you glad you're not married to him? And found this out later. Oh, so many people get married so quick, and mm-hmm. eight, eight years later they find out. Oh wait. Oh wait, I don't really agree with what he thinks. I mean, just yeah. imagine if you had married him, and then all this happened. Mm-hmm. There's so many people in that situation. Jen and I have been in a church ministering full-time for a long time, and we've seen a lot of the these situations where the man has absolutely no interest in anything, and the wife is, is left raising the kids, mm-hmm. strung between these two worlds, not just yeah. religious views, but everything. And it tears everything. Yeah, it just wears on you after a while. And the kids always seem to fall 
toward you know the other the the, mm-hmm. the the you know the more traveled path I should say. What would you say about the breakup itself? Well, I would say this that um, your your boyfriend's already an atheist, so how much more of an atheist is he going to be? Even if worst yeah. case scenario, and yes, he is going to blame God. Um, in my opinion, personal opinion, I, I wouldn't put money on this, but my opinion is that most, no offense to atheists, actually, um, my heart goes out to you because my, my opinion is that atheists, most of them, if you, if they were just gut level drunk, honest, and they couldn't lie, would, would be able to say, I'm not really so much against the idea of a God as I am. I hate somebody that hurt me in his name. Mm-hmm. Most atheists probably have a religious background. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got burned. And so his relationship with this God he doesn't believe in, and it is a relationship because he does exist, and everyone will be accountable to him someday, so it really stinks that, that they're blind to that. It, at least, you know, reject him openly. I got more respect for that than pretending he doesn't exist. Um it's like Christian saying, I don't believe in Halloween. Well, I don't care if you believe in it. It exists. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's still there. What are, what are you going to do with it? That's a more honest <laughs> Turn question. Turn out the lights and hide from the trick-or-treaters. Well, that's what my mom did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my parents did it, too, and I was so embarrassed. Uh, so. But, uh, you know, just it, breakups are hard no matter what, God or no God. Um, I, I honestly... Um, I don't, I'm not real big in blaming God for things, uh, mostly because that's why people think it's a crutch, because we, we, we lay back on that as our excuse for everything. God made me God do made this. me do this. God's breaking us up. No, my, my life is heading this direction. We don't line up in any area of our life. Plus, we live far apart. Plus, we live eight hours away. Our lives have taken different paths. My path is going to head towards this. And then if, you know, if you want to drop God's name, that's fine. But when I met you, um, I believe this. I no longer believe that you don't want a wife like this. And I don't want a husband that believes what you believe and stands for what you stand for. Therefore, based on that, both of us should be in agreement that this is a direction we need to take. And, and, and I know you love each other, but I'm sorry, love is not enough. And you know that. You mm-hmm. know that. I've seen so many relationships that they think it is. They believe the stupid love songs. And it's not true. Love is not enough. Love is not enough. It, Jen and I have absolutely nothing in common. Nothing in common. Um, except in, a, in an old song I wrote, I said, we have nothing in common but our kids and our address. Um, on the surface. But underneath... The core stuff, our, our, our faith, our politics, our, our opinions on child-rearing, I can't tell you that we've ever had a single argument on any of those topics, ever. No, Because so. we agree on everything, and it has made all the difference. But people get hung up on, oh, we like the same movies, and oh, we're from the same small town, and oh, we roll the toilet paper the same direction, and you know, all these little stupid 15 points of compatibility on match.com and all this stuff. And, and then they, they, they love each other. Then they get married 
and they realize, wait a minute, love is a lot like buying a new car. It felt good, and now it's time for maintenance, and it's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, but as far as the breakup, pray about it and all that stuff. Um, but use your common sense. And uh, it's not going to be – here's the big picture. At the end of time, when we all stand before God, uh, there's no excuse. Nobody's going to be able to blame you. It's between him and God what he did with God. And uh, don't purposely try to hurt him, obviously. You don't You don't. You know, want to add to it. But seriously, he's already an atheist. Um, you know, but I think there's a sane way to do it. Yeah. And a and, sensitive way to do it. And go ahead and do it. Don't wait for no, the quote-unquote right time, because it really isn't. No, because it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Not going to get better. There's no magic formula to break up, because it's still breaking Do up. it via Facebook. It's always good. <laughs> yeah, do it. Post on his wall. Yeah. That's real nice. <laughs> or just change your status to single. <laughs> yeah. Make him call you. Oh, sorry. Ugh. Good job. Dating man. sucks. Oh. Yeah, it does. I'm going to go break up with you on Facebook now. Yay. I don't know. I'll change my status to it's complicated. <laughs> but seriously, I would urge you to pray about it. You know, prayer does change things uh, in spite of the fact that that's kind of a trite saying. I don't know that there's been one thing that I haven't prayed about that something hasn't changed, especially um, recently since I kind of kind of I kind of track it now. I have a a journal that I write in and every single thing that I've taken some time to pray about works out. It's funny though, without writing it down, I didn't notice, mm. but it's probably always been that way. Matter of fact, I mean, in the big picture, I can see some pretty big things, but even in the little stuff, little stupid stuff, um, God loves us and takes care of us and he will help you through this. And and my suggestion, honestly, after you're done, broke up with him, uh, continue to pray for him at least until, uh, or at least while you're going through, your uh, your journey. I mean, I wouldn't say pray for him forever, but, you know, pray that God will give him peace, you know, because it doesn't matter if he believes in God or not. God believes in him, mm-hmm. and God will continue to pursue him and give him every stinking opportunity to change his heart and life um, till the day he dies, to, and there will be no excuse on that day. He won't be able to say, well, Laura screwed up my life. Um no. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Laura dumped you. That's all she did. So, and um, last bit of warning. I don't know how desperate he'll get. I mean, he, hopefully he's not crazy. But if he if he gets saved, dump him. <laughs> dump him. Oh, if he automatically yeah, if all gets of a sudden saved. gets religion, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not real. So run, run screaming. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh. It's been another awesome episode, if I do say so myself, of Explicit Answers. Uh, Again, you can check out the website, explicitanswers.com. Submit a question there. You can also follow us on uh, Twitter, if you want to, at twitter.com slash explicitanswers. And uh, email your questions to us. and, And again, we don't take questions like, what do you believe about this, or... You know, do you believe in this? Because we get, you know, we do answer questions from a Judeo-Christian standpoint. Uh, We're not going to defend our faith. I I don't play that game. I I just don't. I don't care to. Uh, I believe what I believe. And if you want to, that's fine. If you want guidance, that's fine. But I'm not going to sit there and prove myself and argue with you because you really don't want proof. You're not asking. You're just trying to be a jerkwad. 
Uh, we don't really get any of those, but I'm just kind of assuming the internet has plenty of people like that. Mm-hmm. But if you just want advice straight up, ask away at explicitanswers at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, we'll, uh, we'll see you right here. Uh, same time next week. Sounds like we're doing an autopsy on an alien. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it does. Let's do another autopsy. Autopsy on an alien. Because it's fast, but, but kind of creepy. <laughs> it's a quick autopsy. Good night. Good night.